Well, it's lovely, lovely, lovely to be with you. Often I'm not, and it's not because of not wanting to be here. It's often because I'm on team in Portsmouth, so I don't get to come with Stu. But I just had something on my heart for you. And um, as we were worshipping, I love that song that says, A Victory Dance, I Will Dance That in Praise. Because actually, what would our victory dance look like if actually we believed it? If, if you know, if friends, family coming to know God that we've been, leave, been believing for, people being healed, our community be changed. What would our dance look like? How undignified would it be? And it just excites me. But as I was thinking, <laughs> you know, the worm across the stage, Pastor Jeff, Jane, cartwheeling across as we see the, th- the plans of God and as we visualize it. But do you know what? We've been called by God to keep that within our sights. Okay, to keep that victory within our sights. And as I was singing and praising, and you were behind me, the volume was behind me, I was seeing your loved ones that you're believing for walking through that door. Your wife, your husband, your children walking through that door. And you know what? God has it in his mind. He has heard you. We've spent all this time, haven't we, focusing in on prayer And actually, do you know what we need to now? Keep our eyes focused and fixed on the promise. I looked at these Christmas boxes here wrapped up. I'm presuming there's no presents in them. I might have a little peep later. But I was thinking about when you know, actually, somebody's got that, that, that big red and white one there. It's for me. That's my present right there. It's the thing that I've been wanting all year. It's the thing that I've been expecting I can wait till the 24th of December because I know it's right there. It's right there, ready for me. My husband's been and bought it. That would be a miracle. (laughs) But um, that he'd heard the thing that I actually wanted and has got that. It's there. And I can rest knowing it's there. Do you know what? The plans and purposes of God, they're good says that he's a good father, that he has your good in mind. He's better than any natural father you've ever known, even if your dad seems like the best thing in the world. And um, he's amazing. So just like that gift that's under the tree, you will get it. All those things that you're believing for, God has heard you. God has heard you. And in the meantime, while you're waiting, we need to get our best victory dances out. And then we need to trust this promise too. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. He will keep us if we set this on him. Focused on his promise, knowing that that gift is for us. And that can mean all sorts of things for us. For me, it's family coming to know him. It's family walking through those doors. It's families being reunited. One of the most important things. It's community finding exactly what they need. That gift's there. We set our minds on him. The peace comes. And that's God's plan and purpose for us. So be blessed, gospel. I love you. Love hearing it, like hearing the sound from behind me. I love looking at your lovely faces. And um, yeah, we're blessed. We're blessed to have you. And this community's blessed to have you. So keep growing and keep being your authentic selves because you're great. Brilliant. Hello. Well, what a pleasure it is to be here today and just loved being in this time of worship and praise. Uh, it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Just keeps getting better and it's fresh. I was saying that to someone last week um, in Portsmouth. It just feels so fresh at the moment. Um, and fire's catching, isn't it? Uh, and there's something happening. There's a few people that have got on fire and it's just catching. 
And, and I just want to be right in the middle of it. I was saying that to someone this morning. Um, they were serving on the coffee team, a guy called Joseph. And uh, he's just like, everywhere I look, he's there at the moment. And it's because he's, he's, he wants just to be around the fire. Um, and, and our young people, wow, like praise God for, for what he's doing in the youth um, here in Gosport, in Portsmouth, and, and, and right through Family Church, and actually right through the nation. I mean, like we are, God is doing something right now. Yeah. Um, in, in the, the teenagers uh, um, of, of this nation. And, uh, and I really believe that in these next couple of years, we're going to see something just incredible happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, exciting times to, to be alive. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff kicking off in this world, isn't there? Uh, a lot of stuff going on, yet at the same time, this is a massive lectern, uh, lectern thing. At the same time, um, God's doing something. Yeah, how many books do you have up here? <laughs> you can like literally spread everything <laughs> across <laughs> your CD set. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Good. Um, well, it's a, a real honor to be here, and I'm just going to dive straight into the Word of God this morning because I, I really believe that the Word I've got to share with you um, it's a now word. It's going to be a word that you receive for yourself and perhaps for the church as well. Um, it's my desire to share some of what I'm sharing today in all of our family church congregations over the next few weeks. Um, so, uh, but you're the first ones to hear this, actually. So, um, and I just want to uh, just let's just pray, Lord. I just thank you that you would speak through your word today, uh, Lord. That your word would be living and powerful. Uh, that um, it, it wouldn't remain on paper, that it wouldn't remain uh, in the, the form of Jesus um, bodily, but it would become alive to us today by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your Logos becomes Rhema in this place today. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you want to speak to us. Lord, for every single person, including myself, there's something that you want to say to us through your Word. And so we open our hearts up and we say thank you already. Thank you for what you're going to speak to us. Amen. And what Carla just said, uh, shared um, was, was really relevant to what I'm going to share today as well. So let's have listening ears today. Um, and uh, the title of what I want to speak about today is this. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Um, and uh, I'm just going to expand on, on what I mean by that. We're going to read from Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah. Chapter 4, verses 6 to 10. And fortunately, for all of you who can't find the book of Zechariah, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. And it says this. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. I love that name. Because you can just keep going with it, can't you? Zerubbabel. It is not by force. Not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. When Zerubbabel, that's a great word, when Zerubbabel sets the first stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise 
these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. So, I'll give you a bit of context. So, this is uh, around 520 BC. So, only about two and a half, 2,500 years ago. Quite a long time ago, isn't it? Um, So, around this time, the prophet Zechariah brought this word to God's people who had begun to return to Judah from their captivity. Remember, they were in captivity for 70 years in Persia, in Babylon, in Persia. And uh, gradually now, God's people were being released to go back. So the first wave of Jews had returned to Judah quite a few years before this, this happened. This, this word of prophecy was brought to Zerubbabel by Zechariah. Um, and uh, Zerubbabel, who is he? He was the governor of Judah at this time. He'd, he'd um, arrived in Judah with the, one of the first waves of the Jewish people who had gone back to Judah. And he was in charge of what was remaining of, of Jerusalem. And uh, God had, had given him the instruction to rebuild the temple. Um, so how had he got on with this? Well, he'd done okay. Um, about 17 years before this word came... Um, he had rebuilt the foundations of the temple. But then the work had ground to a halt. Nothing had happened for 17 years. There was various opposition to the, to the work of the rebuilding of the temple, and nothing had happened for 17 years. And the Jewish people were disheartened. Zechariah, 17 years after the foundations have been laid, comes along to encourage Zerubbabel and to bring this word to him. Basically, his job was to encourage Zerubbabel to keep going and to not look down on the small beginnings, the the foundations that had been laid, um, but to keep going. So that's the context of this. Um, It always helps, I think, to have a bit of context, and I love history. And um, and Zechariah, um, this is literally why Zechariah was called by God to be a prophet, was to deliver this word Um, And to encourage God's people, who many of them were still in captivity, uh, but many of them had started to return to Judah. So, I want you to know five things that God wants you to know uh, that we need to remember. (laughs) That's a really long way to introduce my five things. Five things God wants you to know that we need to remember in the day of small beginnings. Five things in the day of small beginnings. (laughs) Number one, everyone okay? Yeah, that's not the first thing. I was just checking because some of you were looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, So number one, God has not forgotten you. Did you manage to do the subtitles this time, Lyndon? Oh, there you go. Thanks, Lyndon. You're the best. Apart from everyone else is also really good as well. So God has not forgotten you. So you know what? The name Zechariah, this prophet, comes along to encourage Zerubbabel. Do you know what the name Zechariah means? God remembered. Literally, this guy turns up, and, you know, it's like, instead of Jeff, um, his name's God Remembered. He turns up in my life, and I say, hi, I'm, Z- I'm Zerubbabel. What's your name? God Remembered. Wow. Like, what an encouragement. Just that, just him turning up at this time. Isn't it amazing how God sends people at the right time? And, and, he, and he wants to do that. And he wants us to be those people arriving in other people's lives just at the right time to deliver encouragement and hope to people. That's, what, that's a huge part of what God's called us to do, isn't it? 
So um, Zechariah means God remembered. So maybe Zerubbabel was thinking God's forgotten him in Jerusalem. 17 years, nothing has happened. They are just getting by and barely getting by. There's persecution. Life is hard. I mean, this is before electricity, right? They, they still use like rocks as pillows back in these days. And, um, you know, this is tough times, really tough times. And um, so Zechariah turns up, God's remembered you, Zerubbabel. I think Zerubbabel probably thought that God had forgotten him after all these years. Perhaps he'd done something wrong. Perhaps he's misheard God. Ever felt like that? Ever felt like maybe God's forgotten me because I've done something wrong here? Maybe I took a wrong turning. Maybe I've misheard. Maybe this isn't what actually God said to do. This isn't what God had called me to do. Um, And you need to know today that God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. And he's never stopped watching over you. And this is what he says in Psalm 121 verse 5. It says this, The Lord himself watches over you. He hasn't even given that to the, the angels to do. The Lord himself watches over you. Amen? The Lord stands before you, sorry, stands beside you as your protective shade. Just picture that. God is standing beside you as your protective shade in your life today. Just take this personally. Take God's word personally. He's not forgotten you. He is standing beside you as your protective shade today. Amen? Now, I'm reminded as I read this that in those moments when I think I'm alone, God is right with me. Praise God. You haven't misheard God. God certainly hasn't changed his mind. Okay? So the call of God on your life, the the direction that you felt that God had said to go in, where you feel like you've seen nothing happen. I don't know what that is for you, but where you feel like there's so many things that haven't happened yet that should have happened. Well, God wants you to know today he has not forgotten you. So don't let go of God's promises over your life. Don't let God go of God's promises over our church. This is God's church. He's given us stewardship over it, and we know what God's promised us. And this is amazing, but there is so much more to come. And, um, and in, in many ways, wherever you're at, um, it's small beginnings. Um, this is small beginnings today. It's, it's special. It's something amazing, yet it's small beginnings, and there is so much more that God wants to do, isn't there? Um, God is faithful to his promises. Everyone know that? Good. Even when the circumstances scream at us saying God's unfaithful, he's not going to do it. He's not going to, this promise that he made, you're not going to see that come to pass. Well, God is faithful to his promises. Amen. Um, He has not forgotten what he said he would do. So that's the first thing. God has not forgotten you. Secondly, God is just getting started. (laughs) He's just getting started. Now, in our lives, we measure everything by chronos. That word chronos, it means, you know, natural time. Um, And um, so 17 years, that's a long time, right? That's a long time. Um, And it must have been really disheartening for Zerubbabel to have seen nothing happen for 17 years and they were alone. They were away from the rest of the Jewish people who were still in captivity. But life was getting better and there was some favor there. In Judah, they had nothing. They just had each other. And there weren't many people at this point. 
and Zerubbabel was in charge. And he was like, what am I doing? There's nothing happening here. Um, but God's just getting started. Um, it must have been disheartening. Every day he went out walking around Judah and Jerusalem and sees the foundation of the temple thinking, I know that there is more than this, God. I know that there's more than this. I know that you've called me to more than this. Um, have you ever experienced a time in your life when God has prepared you for something, where it feels like great foundations have been laid, and then nothing? And you're like, God, I thought you were preparing me. I thought this degree was because you were going to use this in my life. I thought this experience that I've been through was because you were preparing me for something. I thought this time of serving and giving and laying down my life was about laying foundations and sowing seeds so that I could see the future that you promised me. But God, there's, there's nothing here. I feel like I've been prepared but nothing has happened since this preparation took place. You know, you feel so ready, so equipped, yet nothing that you expected unfolds. Anyone been there before? Yeah, Zechariah must have felt pretty disappointed. Uh, sorry, Zerubbabel must have felt pretty disappointed that the temple uh, wasn't built on top of the foundation that was laid. Maybe he even thought, well, that's it then. That's it. It's all over now. It's all over now. Um, Maybe he thought, my journey is coming to an end. But I want to say to you today, when we think it's all over, God is just getting started. (laughs) Our end, what we see as the end of our calling, maybe the end of our lives, is only God's beginning. Amen? Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. You know, maybe your heart is sick today because the things that you hoped for haven't come to pass. Well, suddenly, Zechariah comes along and hope starts to stir in his heart, in Zerubbabel's heart. Zechariah just turns up, God remembered. That's his name. God remembered turns up. And suddenly there is a stirring of hope in Zechariah's heart. Naturally, circumstantially, nothing has changed. But Zechariah turns up and brings this word of God and reminds him that God has promised. Amen? God has promised. Look at your life. Let's look at the church. Feels like sometimes we've been at it for years. <laughs> and and, and sometimes our view is that, right, well, I'm coming to the end now. It's, you know, time for the next generation to take over uh, and, and so on. And, and you maybe haven't seen the fruit that you hoped for. But God says to you today, I'm only just beginning. I'm ready to use you now. <laughs> maybe preparation in our lives is a bit longer than we expect sometimes. Um, maybe there's a reason for the waiting. Maybe God's lining some things up that we can't see sometimes, right? And um, it's like when you read a a good book. Uh, You know, you read a book, and it's a really, really sad ending. And um, and you're like, oh, that is a bit of an anticlimax. And then suddenly you realize there's another one that follows on. And your end is only just the beginning, right? And things get better, and things turn around. 
Um, sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? You've come to the end of the book in your life, in your calling, in the purpose of God, in the things that you were once believing for. It feels like you're at the end of it. You've got nothing else to give now. And God says, right, now I'm just going to begin. I'm just getting started. Amen? I love that. I, I just love that thought that my end is, is sometimes only God's beginning. You know, the seasons of preparation, the laying of the foundations in our lives, it won't be wasted. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. All that time um, being in prison and, you know, all that time of, of just thinking he was forgotten, all that time of thinking he was just coming to the end, when God suddenly releases him from prison and says, I'm just getting started. You're the prime minister now. You're the governor of the whole of Egypt. Go for it. You know, I just wanted to stir a bit of hope and encouragement in our hearts today that our end is God's beginning. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. That's Galatians 6, 9, Lyndon. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time. That's not just the right time according to me. (laughs) It's just the right time according to God. (laughs) So don't give up. Don't give up. Let me just say to you today, don't give up. Third thing we need to know. When it comes to the day of small beginnings, first thing is God has not forgotten you. Second thing, God is just getting started. Third thing, God is working behind the scenes. Just touched on this a moment ago, but God is working behind the scenes. You know, I love the story of Esther because it reminds me that God is continually working behind the scenes of our lives for our good and more importantly, for his kingdom purpose. Continually working behind the scenes of our lives. When it seems like you're stuck in a moment of small beginnings, like Zechariah was, foundations laid, nothing happening. You're stuck in a moment. Remember that God is working behind the scenes of your life for your good and for his kingdom purpose. Romans 8.28, can't talk about this without referring to this, this verse. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know... Well done, Lyndon. That God causes everything. That's not Lyndon. Ah, you swapped. Well done, you. And your name is? Hmm? Faith. Well done, Faith. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Got distracted. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You have been called according to God's purpose for you. And, and that's not, not nice word, just not a nice thing. It's, it's a wonderful thing, and it's the truth. You have been called according to God's purpose. Um, so I don't know how it works. I don't know how God sometimes, like he's working behind the scenes of your life, and you cannot see how that's possibly happening, how anything can possibly change for the better, but it does. It does. And all the heartache, all the pain, all the suffering, all the trials that you go through at times in life, you've got to remember that behind all of that, God is working. And he is for you. And don't allow circumstances to scream so loudly in your life 
to say God isn't for you. He's lost interest. He's, he's not working. God is working behind the scenes of your life. And in the right time, things will change. The best thing we can do when we think like nothing is happening is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't ever leave that bit off. <laughs> we do two things. Well, they go together. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So in other words, we, we set our eyes on the purposes of God's kingdom and the ways of God's kingdom. We determine that no matter what's going on around me, I'm going to live in the ways of God's kingdom. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about living right before God. I'm not going to allow the devil to interrupt my walk with God by veering off course, by sinning, by taking a path that I know isn't God's path for my life. I'm going to live big for God. In fact, I'm going to live bigger for God than I've lived when my circumstances are crazy, when the storms are going on around my life. I am determining that I am making a stand for what is right and what God says in terms of the way I live my life. Seek first the kingdom of God. Perhaps it means that you just keep doing what you know is right. Sometimes you've got to just keep doing what you know is the right thing. Keep taking the path that God asked you to take. Don't stop because he hasn't asked you to stop. Keep going. You know, I love hiking. Um, and sometimes when you're, when I'm, say, Dartmoor, and you're walking across the moors, and uh, it looks like everything looks the same, um, and you can't see that you're making any progress at all, what do you do? You keep going. Because eventually you reach um, the next tour or the next place that you're going to. Um, you keep going. Perhaps it means perhaps um, it means that you get down on your knees and you worship and you pray. That's maybe that's keeping going for you. You just you you you, you devote yourself more to worship and more to prayer. Matthew six thirty three from the New Living Translation um, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, the fourth thing when it comes to uh, the day of small beginnings. Number one, God has not forgotten you. Number two, God is just getting started. Number three, God is working behind the scenes. Number four, God will empower you. There you go. God will empower you. So let's just go back to that passage in Zechariah. First verse of Zechariah, this is from the New King James Version this time. It's better. Um, well, worded better. Um, so he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's the one we all know. Although Ron Canoli got the words mixed up. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the... Um, yeah, I feel like more of you should know Ron Canoli than that. Anyway, um, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So Zerubbabel needed reminding of this, obviously, because Zechariah starts with this. He's like, right, Zerub, they're mates now, Zerub, uh, Bubble. <laughs> um, not by my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is where he's starting because Zerubbabel needed to remember that this wasn't about what he could do. 
This is about what God was going to do. Amen? And in the day of small beginnings, when you think you've come to the end, when you haven't seen the promises come to pass, when you feel like you're stuck, when you feel like God's forgotten you, you've got to remember that it's not by might, not by power, but by God's Spirit at work in your life. So what God wants to do in your life, what God wants to do in family church, is way beyond you. It's way beyond us. It's far greater than your natural ability. It's far greater than your physical strength. It's far greater than your intellect, which is why it doesn't matter um, how clever you are or it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how able you are. What God wants to do is far beyond our physical strength, our natural ability, our intellect. It's way beyond that. The preparation that God has done in your life is great. He's going to use that. He used the foundation that Zerubbabel had laid. Maybe Zerubbabel had done that in his own strength, though. And God was like, right, let's hold on. Let's, let's do a little bit more preparation in your life personally. And 17 years later, um, Zechariah comes along and says, right, we're ready now, but it's not according to your ability this time. It's according to the power of God at work in your life. So God's going to use what you've, you've got. Of course he is. He wants to use what you've got. It's important that we grow, that we train, that we stretch ourselves, that we educate ourselves, that we are constantly developing individually. God wants to use all of that because then he comes along and, and, and works alongside that. And, and a work of his spirit in our lives means that it blows our minds what God does. Amen. Nothing can compare really to what God wants to do. What God wants to do is supernatural. It's a work of his Holy Spirit, just as it was on the day of Pentecost. And even there, there's a time of waiting. I mean, they were gutted that Jesus um, had, had died on the cross until they realized that he was risen. And then as, a, as our risen Savior, glorified Jesus, walked with them for 40 days and then said, now go to this upper room and wait. Wait? Then you hate waiting. I don't like waiting for anything at all. <laughs> like literally, I hate waiting. Um, and, uh, but they had to wait. Day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. Day three, nothing. Let's fast forward a little bit. Day nine, nothing. Day ten, <laughs> like a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Spirit comes. A supernatural happening of God takes place in that place. The disciples waited for 10 days. Nothing happened. Talk about small beginnings. But then, then, suddenly, suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and they are consumed with God's fire. And they go out of that upper room and they turn that world upside down. I love that they, you know, they go into all the Jewish synagogues and temples and... Uh, and, and, and they preach Jesus. Like the, the Jews around them are absolutely stunned. Some accept Jesus, some completely reject, especially when they're bringing harsh messages like the Lord that you crucified. They're like, they're mad with, with Paul and, and Peter and Silas. And, but, but some of them receive the gospel. And then, of course, the gospel goes to the Gentile world as well. And how blessed are we that we get to be part of, of the church, the bride of Christ who Jesus is coming back for, probably quite soon. Hopefully I'll get my message finished before he <laughs> does, though, because a lot of work went into this. Um, <laughs> so, 
suddenly a supernatural work of God takes place. Um, God, they were told to go into the upper room and wait for the promise. And what were they told to do as they, as they waited? Pray. Um, and, and recently there's something that uh, God spoke to me about, something that I've been believing for. And it c- occurred to me um, that God, what God wants to do is supernatural. And all I need to do is what the disciples did in the upper room, which was what? Pray and wait. Wait and pray. Right. <laughs> God didn't tell me to come up with a three-point strategy or a new innovative idea. I like strategies. I like planning and organizing things. Um, all God said in this particular occasion was, seek my face and watch what I do. Because it's going to be way beyond what you can do. <laughs> even your amazing organization skills don't come even close to what I'm going to do, Stu. That's what he calls me. It's <laughs> <is> my name. <laughs> uh, right, anyway. Um, the fifth thing. Number one, God has not forgotten you. Amen? Amen. Number two. Oh, yeah. He's just getting started. Number three. It's working behind the scenes. Bit of interaction here, Jeff. <laughs> number four. Come on. Ooh, that's high. Um, and number five, God has given you the right tools. God has given you the right tools. Zechariah 4 verse 10. So we read this. This is the last verse that we read in that passage. Zechariah 4 verse 10 says this. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Just leave the rest of the, that there. Don't want to confuse you. Um, it says, to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. You know, God has given you the right tools for the job. Who knows about tools for jobs? Being a tool job man. Um, <laughs> that's what his job title is. Feel the tool job man. But he's not that tall. The short, tall job man. <laughs> like me. I can't joke. Same height as me. Right. So anyway, listen. Stay focused. God has given you the right tools for the job. Amen? So in my imagination, right, Zechariah comes along. God remembered, comes along and says, see the plumb line in Zechariah's hand, in Zerubbabel's hand. And Zerubbabel looks down. He's like, oh, there's a plumb line in my hand. I didn't know that was there. He's reminded of what God's given him. Um, He realizes he's holding a plumb line. Now, what is a plumb line for? Straight lines? Maybe building straight walls? I mean, it's not for building foundations. Maybe it's for building up from the foundations. And suddenly, Zerubbabel realizes that it's time. I've got what I need in my hand to continue the work of building the temple. Zerubbabel has no idea how this thing got in his hand, but he's like, right, okay, I've got this tool, let's go for it. Um, Of course, he might have thought, how's a measly plumb line going to get a gigantic temple built? Um, But God didn't ask him to work it out. God just said, use what's in your hand. And what's in his hand was for building walls, for building straight walls. It's important that temples have straight walls. Um, Perhaps, as Zerubbabel began one part of the wall. So he's like, okay, I'll just get started then. Perhaps others then came along, and we know they did. They came along. Um, and, uh, of course, Ezra comes along. 
And, and, and then this amazing thing happens. The temple is rebuilt. And then, of course, later on, not a lot is happening for a little while again. But later on, um, Nehemiah comes along. And then they re- rebuild the, the walls of the city as well. Like, what, what a miracle that is from being a completely dispersed, um, seemingly abandoned uh, people in captivity to rebuilding. And that's not the only time that's happened, is it, for the Jewish people either? Um, praise God that, that he, he, he's always gone before us. He's always made a plan. Um, and, and we need to remember that. And so, so God has put in our hand what we need. God has given you the right tools. You might not have a lot in your hand right now, but God has given you everything you need to start the building to move into bigger things in your life. Um, as you step out in faith and use what God has given you, he will send others to come alongside and support you. That's what happened with Zerubbabel. And that's what will happen in your life. You step out, use what God's given you, believe God for a supernatural work, and he will send others. It's what I believe for for the church, that as we step out, as we use what's in our hand, um, and, you know, sometimes you can step back and think, wow, there's not a lot in our hand. Other times you're like, wow. There's a lot in our hand. God has given us so many incredible people with so many different giftings, with so many different skills and talents. And God, thank you. Let's just use what's in our hand. And as we do, God will add to. Amen. So God says to us today, do not despise the day of small beginnings um, in our lives personally, for us um, as a, a collective of people. So five things. God has not forgotten you. He's just getting started. He's working behind the scenes. He will empower you, and he has given you the right tools. Um, Before we finish today, I just want to ask you um, to take one of those things. Um, Not literally, because you can't literally take them, but in your mind, take one of those things and just ask God to speak to you in this moment. Ask God to maybe challenge you in this moment, which one of those things are you going to take and, and say, God, I'm going to believe. God, I'm going to believe that you haven't forgotten me. I'm going to tell myself in the midst of feeling abandoned and hopeless, I'm going to tell myself, God, that you haven't forgotten me. Maybe, um, maybe you just need to remember that you feel like you're the, at the end of your journey. Well, God's only just getting started. I think someone needs to hear that one today. You feel like you're at the end of your journey. God's only just getting started. Just believe God for the new book, for the new chapter in your life. Amen? Maybe it's um, God's working behind the scenes when you can't see it. You just can't see how God could possibly be working behind the scenes. Well, he is. (laughs) He is. So accept it. Believe it. And and put your trust in God. Um, Maybe you just feel completely weak and helpless and unable to do the things that you know God's called you to do in this moment. Um, Well, it's a supernatural work. Maybe believe that God will empower you. And maybe you just need to use what's in your hand. Maybe you need to make a decision today that everything isn't here. You haven't got everything in front of you that you need, but you've got something. Why don't you step out and use that something that you've got? Amen? So let's pray. Just grab one of those things and let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful, Lord, that in every one of our lives, Lord, you say to us that you've not forgotten us. You've remembered Oh, God, thank you. Lord, you've remembered us. Thank you, Lord, that we see in the Bible so many times, over and over again, that you remembered. 
because you're a God that does not forget. And we thank you for that. And I thank you, Father, that whatever my brothers and sisters in this room have taken today, the one thing that they've taken and said, God, I'm going to believe you in this area. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen and you cause faith to grow. And Father, you cause us to be a people, Lord, who refuse to allow circumstances to determine our belief. But Lord, we put our trust in you, knowing who you are, knowing what you've promised, and we thank you for it. Father, thank you that you are more than able. Thank you, Father, Lord, that you empower us. Thank you, Father, that you call us to use what's in our hand. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, that when we come to the end, you're just getting started. Amen. Praise God. Okay, and just as we finish today, um, I just want to, uh, if there's anyone in the room at all, and you have never stepped into a relationship with God, then I want to pray a prayer in just a moment that introduces you to God, that gives you the opportunity to make your peace with God, because we need peace with God. Uh, Sin is this thing that uh, affects every single human being. Sin is simply not meeting God's perfect standard. God is perfect, and nothing that isn't perfect can come into his presence. You think, well, I can't ever be perfect. Well, You can because of what Jesus did. When Jesus died on the cross, he took your sin. He took all the stuff that once dirtied your life and played your life, all the stuff that where you didn't meet God's perfect standard. Jesus took it on the cross and paid the price for it. He took your punishment. And in exchange, because of what Jesus did, not because of your works, but because of what Jesus did, when you put your faith in him, you're right with God. And God looks at you now, if you put your faith in Jesus, he looks at you now, and you are perfect in his sight. What an amazing thing. All he asks us to do is repent and believe. Repent means to turn away from. Say, no, I'm not going to live that old life anymore. I'm not going to live in sin anymore. I'm going to turn away from it, and I'm going to live for God. And I believe, Jesus, in what you did for me. So let's pray this prayer. Would you just bow your heads and just repeat after me? Would you say these words? Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you. And want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Would you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer today, um, would you just raise your hand so that I can see who you are. So that I can pray for you. And believe that God is going to just continue to work in your life today. Thank you.